The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Since the Gospel is a two-parter, we heard part one last week. We're hearing part two this week. I'm going to read both part one and part two so that you all can remember where we're at. And Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed upon him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure it thyself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in their hometown. The truth is, there are many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah. When the heaven was shut up for three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except the widow Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many leopards in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up drove him out of town and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So you all may be seen by your children up. We go from verse 22 that says, All spoke well of him and were amazed, Balmazo, at his gracious words that came from his mouth. Two... Is this not Joseph's son? Depending on how you read that, you can either read that with amazement or with, is this not Joseph's son? Or you can read like Gomer Powell. Is this not Go- Jesus, Joseph's son? Like the Thalmazo, the amazement. To let's throw him off a cliff. Amazement to questioning to violence. I truthfully never had this bad of a day in the office of ministry. I mean, I've had people yell at me all before. I've had people call me all sorts of names. One family walked down a sermon once that I preached. Never has anyone tried to throw me off a cliff. I have to wonder why Luke tells us this, this story. It seems a little absurd. Nazareth is not that big of a town. It's not like Martinsburg. It's more like um, any a really small town. Like smaller than Franklin. It's, it's not that many people there. This is, and most of the people in his town, he's related to. This is his family. These are his friends. These are his people. How did he go from the best sermon of Jesus' ministry to let's kill the heretic? It all seems a little absurd. And maybe Luke had a similar experience in his ministry. And he's reminding his faith community that you don't 
that, um, that you do not want to go throw prophets, messiahs, and pastors off a cliff. It's not usually a good thing. And actually, that's pretty good rule of thumb for evangelism in general. No cliff throwing. Because it's really hard to get people to stay in your congregation if there's a threat of being thrown off a cliff. This, however, might be the first time Jesus has been rejected in the Gospel of Luke, but it, it won't be the last time that he's rejected. Back at the presentation of Jesus in the temple, Simeon tells his mother, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And the sword will pierce your soul too, Mary. Simeon tells Mary and all of us that this kind of rejection has to happen. Luke wants us to remember that, that Jesus is supposed to be rejected. The one who was born in a manger came for things like this. Jesus tells the truth about the realities of our world, where the lowly are down upon, where the poor sleep in cardboard boxes under freeways, where the captives remain in prison, where the rich live exceedingly joyful lives. But reading or hearing between the lines, Jesus announces that God's favor is upon us, upon all, here and now. And maybe that message is a tad bit scared. Maybe it hits a tad bit too close to home. Maybe we are, we are really uncomfortable with the idea that, that things aren't always perfect, yet God still comes. Our house isn't clean and your mother-in-law has come over for dinner. I think in some ways the people are upset that Jesus came when they weren't ready for him. And instead of trying to clean up the mess, they, they just tried to get rid of him altogether. The one who is decisively rejected for his announcement of prophetic grace in his person is led out of the synagogue, thrown out of town, and all about tossed over the cliff in judgment. Except he isn't, ultimately. Here the text speaks in terms reminiscent of resurrection mystery. Jesus, Luke says, passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The good news of the gospel of Luke is tied to the person of Jesus, who is still both crucified and resurrected. We are not promised any easier fate than our Lord, who preached prophetic grace, dealt with rejection, and still managed to be on his way. We can't get rid of Jesus that easily. Jesus came to be with us, to be with you, to bring good news to the poor, to bring release to the captives, to bring recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed feet free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And as wonderful as that sounds, it, it's, it really is lousy in reality. How many, how many of us follow the idea that, that God doesn't give you more than you can handle? Or Ben Franklin logic, God helps those who help themselves. That isn't what Luke 4 tells us. It's not what any of the Gospels tell us. Bad things happen to followers of Jesus all the time. We aren't being tested when bad things happen. And we can't always help ourselves all the time. Luke 4 is about humanity's own sin and our aversion to God trying to fix it. We think we can do it ourselves, and yet we can't. And we hate admitting that. We hate admitting that failure. Instead, we try and throw people off a cliff and reveal this truth to us. Prophets aren't welcome in their hometown because they typically tell the truth that nobody wants to hear. It's already too late for you. And that's what Jeremiah was sent by God to do. If you continue on reading in the, prophet, in the prophet's words, it, it's not very good for the people. 
The message isn't all that great for them. The Babylonians are going to kick you out of your, of your land. You won't ever again see your temple. They will destroy your temple. Your king will be thrown down. And you will be a foreigner in someone else's land. Nobody wants to hear that message from the prophet. But it's necessary because Jeremiah will conclude this harsh message by saying, but God will be with you. Our Lord was born in a manger. He grew up and was baptized in the Jordan and went from town to town doing extraordinary things that people have never seen. He was rejected. He was threatened. He was ultimately handed over for crimes he did not commit. Yet he never throws in the towel once. I can't promise you, my brothers and sisters, that that you won't have days as a Christian where an angry mob of people are trying to throw you off a cliff. I can't promise you that. And you thank God that has not happened to me yet, but you know, we still have a congregational meeting today. The day is still young. I have, I have heard some, some well-experienced pastors and lay leaders tell me that if people are upset with you, if they're angry with you, then you're doing something right. But I also know that, that sometimes I, I do stupid things. I, I do stupid things a lot. And, and, and I want people angry at me for all the right reasons, not for all the wrong reasons. So and maybe you feel that, and that should be applied to all of us. So we need to make sure that our actions and words line up with Jesus when people are angry with us. We need to ask, the, are they proclaiming good news to the poor? Are, are our actions, are our words proclaiming release to the captives? Are we trying to set the oppressed free? Are we trying to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor? Are we trying to preach recovery of sight to the blind? And, and I, I want to be clear here. I, I, I think Jesus is more talking about spiritual blindness in this, in this case restoration of those cast out of the community, that they be welcomed back. And Jesus is not saying that blind people are less favorable in God's sight. That's not the case here. If people are angry at you for all of those reasons, then keep on doing what you're doing. I can't promise you amazing days of the rest of your lives. I wish I could. Man, I wish I could. I can't promise you that St. John's will quote-unquote thrive, however that might be by today's standards. But I can promise you that the one we know as Jesus isn't going anywhere. I can promise you that we will continue to preach good news to the poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and we will continue to set the oppressed free. And we will continue to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And people aren't always going to like us. People aren't always going to like me. They aren't always going to like you. They tried to keep Jesus out of their homes when he was first born. The devil tempted him with all kinds of things to get him to bow down before him. They tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried nailing him to a tree. They tried putting him in a tomb with a stone in front of it, yet it didn't work. So my brothers and sisters, the message of this day is you got this. You can do this hard ministry. You've got the Lord of life on your side. So come out of the shadows. Come out of the shadows and share this good news. And my prayer for you that the rocks at the bottom of the hill may they be merciful to you. Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message.